In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages, Amen. This passage from the Gospel is read um, about three or four times throughout the year. It was read during Lent, um, and it, uh, it was read uh, in the earlier part of the Coptic year. Um, and uh, it seems like it seems like the Church is trying to tell us that there's a lot that we can garnish from this passage and from this interaction, this encounter between Jesus and this woman. And um, in, reading, in reading this passage again and again, something really struck me this week as I was reading this, this passage. What, what really struck me uh, was how easily she believed Jesus. Like, so they have this conversation, Jesus is tired and he stops by a we- this well and it's a, it's about the middle of the day and this woman comes carrying a heavy water pot and he says to her give me a drink and she says that's strange you're a jewish man i'm a samaritan woman jews don't really talk to samaritans men don't really talk to women unless you know there's like some official reason to do so um and so on so what what's uh What's the gig? And so she says, he, Jesus answers her back and he says to her, he says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. She says, sir, where are you going to get this water from? The well is deep and you have no water pot. He says to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, before we go on to her reaction, I want you to pause for a second and take yourself out of the context of like, this is the son of God almighty, you know, creator of the universe, second person of the Trinity, who has lowered himself to the lowest level to be a beggar and is begging for a sip of water from this woman who we don't really know her past but you know there's a there's enough evidence to think that she had some kind of uh, disturbed or seedy past take yourself away from that context for a minute put yourself in first century christianity put yourself put yourself where this woman was here's this stranger who's a jew dressed like a Jew who's probably been walking in, the, in dusty Palestine for the last six hours or so. That means he's been up since about six this morning. And given all things, you know, if I size him up, his net worth is probably less than a week's worth of wages. You know, he's not carrying anything. He's wearing very basic, very basic, basic sandals. And all he has is the shirt on his back, literally. And then he's telling me that if I knew who he was, I would be the one asking him for this magical fountain that never ends. You know, it sounds like the fountain of youth, you know? Okay, take yourself out of that story for a second. Welcome, come, well, I'm going to welcome you into our marriage, okay, for, 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 just, for just a couple of sentences. So, 
I've been like trying to take care of my health in the last couple of years and uh, I've been trying different things and this and that and whatever works I kind of hang on to and so I, I, I saw this uh, this like natural supplement advertised online and what is that was whatever is like a free trial or something so I ordered it right and I said you know let me take a look at it I'm a cr pretty critical person I'll order it and I'll look at it and so on and uh, had tons of really good reviews multiple different websites I thought to myself you know what let me talk to a friend of mine who's an endocrinologist because I'm not and never was you know I love hormones and all of that but I'm not like was never an expert in it and let me see right so Mary looks at the bottle and she says what is this I'm like oh it's some natural supplement I saw online I told her what I basically what I told you no more no less right and Mary goes oh you can't believe everything and this and that and I got I got like a, a good like 10 second spiel about being too gullible right and so the, the, the little little pill bottle is sit, sitting on my nightstand unopened as of yet I still haven't called my friend who's an endocrinologist because I'm like I don't know maybe I am too gullible maybe I shouldn't be maybe this maybe that and everybody is promising us some kind of unbelievable promise some kind of like the you know the three things that you need to do to be more productive the two things that you have to do to wake up early the five things that you need to do to be happy the right and because of the plethora of all of this, you, you, you know, promised good stuff, as a society or as a nation, maybe just me, maybe I'm just the only one, we've become like uh, really skeptical, right? And I'm not suggesting that you all should go out and buy natural supplements for this and that and the other. Maybe it was, maybe it was uh, like dumb to order the free trial, right? But I'm just saying that like, do we really believe anymore? Are we willing, are we ready to believe anymore? This somewhat homeless rabbi says to her, if you knew who you were talking to, he would give you water and it would be a spring of water within you, so much so you wouldn't come back here to draw. Her answer isn't, uh, show me the Amazon reviews, right? Her answer isn't, uh, you know, uh, like really uh, uh, how are you gonna get or what are you gonna do or what's her answer her answer is give me this water like she believes him my question for you and for me today okay let's just keep it really simple what do you have to do what do I have to do so I would be willing to believe again friend of mine about two years three years ago took their they took their daughter to Disney and he came back and he's a very thoughtful person we have very interesting conversations he says to me if you want to take your, your your children to Disney he said yeah you have to you have to take them there when they're old enough to know what's going on and young enough to still believe that it's real he goes it was magical she met like Cinderella and she was like she met Cinderella you know, and if you tried to tell her that was somebody dressed up as Cinderella, she'd say, yes, of course, it's Cinderella dressed up as Cinderella, right? She met Minnie Mouse, the real one. She's a little smaller in real life than I imagined, you know? The ability to be enchanted. I had a lovely conversation yesterday with a dear father and friend of mine. And he was, he was telling me this. He was telling me one of the reasons why 
we don't enjoy the liturgy is because we've lost our ability to be enchanted. We believe that all is ha that's happening is some, you know, quasi-theatrical reenactment colored by culture, modified by language, you know, and tried to fit into the constraints of our life going on here. And it's, it, it's become difficult for us to imagine, to believe that there's more than what meets the eye. And when we sing the cherubim and the seraphim, I served with this, I grew up with this old deacon, holy old man, right? And, he would, and when he'd stand and serve in the altar, he'd be standing like this right in front of the altar. If you put the, if you put the liturgy book on the altar, he would pick it up. Like he wouldn't let you put anything on the altar, but he wouldn't correct you. He would just pick it up and hold it for you. Because the altar was holy. And it's not, you know, your kitchen table at home for you to leave your clutter on. And when we come to the part with the cherubim and the seraphim, you'd see him like take a full step back. So one day I asked him what he was doing. He said to me, do you realize that you are standing in the presence of God Almighty who is surrounded by hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of angels, cherubim, seraphim, thrones, dominions, powers. This man was using some small action to live out for himself this reality that he couldn't see. I don't know, maybe he could. I couldn't see, couldn't touch, couldn't smell, and so on. The ability to believe, the ability to believe in more than what meets the eye. People often say, you know, but if, if I would just see a miracle, I would believe. Or if Jesus came and walked the earth again, now I would believe. I want to tell you, bogus. I don't believe it. Why? Because Jesus walked the earth in Jesus' time and a whole bunch of people didn't believe in him. The creator of the universe revealed himself in the flesh. He didn't reveal himself like some alien, you know, that we wouldn't be able to understand, you know, some like, you know, strange looking creature that we wouldn't be able to comprehend. He, he revealed himself exactly like us so we could get him. And some people didn't believe. So yes, we need evidence to believe, but we need evidence and we need willingness. This woman was willing. This woman wanted to believe. My question for you and a question for me, keep it short today, is what would it take for you to be willing to believe a little bit more than you believe today? Think about that, pray about that in the liturgy today, and ask God to give you and to give me, while you're praying and praying for yourself, please pray for me too, and ask God to give me, to restore back to me the ability to be enchanted, the ability to believe. When Jesus says to me, I will give you that which will be your sufficiency, you won't need to come to this well again that I and you will believe his promise. Glory be to God forever and ever. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.